Okay. So um, just a quick content warning. You wouldn't necessarily know it by the tone of this movie or like the tone of the trailer. Um, But this movie talks a lot about suicide um, and in fact has images of somebody trying to commit suicide. So just if that's not something that you are cool with, don't watch the movie and maybe don't listen to this episode. Maybe go listen to us talk about Shrek. Yeah, a great suggestion. Cool. Welcome to Time After Time, a non-sponsored, highly judgmental podcast about time travel and love and friendship and the movies that bring them together into our living rooms. I'm Helena and I'm Paige. And maybe in an alternate timeline, you've already listened to this podcast and you loved it. Let's go. You can you can an, a, put an apology in here if you'd like. Dear listeners, I am in... Oh, and there's a dog. Perfect for the apology. Uh, I'm at my parents' house for this episode. There may be uh, interruptions by their, their hound, who likes to howl sometimes. And also, I don't have a microphone, so I'm recording this through my AirPods. So, sorry about the sound quality. Also, I uh, got laid off, so like... You know, you can't be mad at you. You can't be mad at me. I'm having a I'm having a hard time. Mm-hmm. I'm actually fine. Don't worry about me. Unless you have a job, then worry about me. <laughs> like a job for me. Now we begin. And do you have anything for us to begin our show with? Oh, I got one. Okay. Okay. Everybody, meet cute. Meet cute. Put on your yellow dress. Yay! Find your Gary's shirt. I don't know. Great. That's great. That's really good. Thank you. I like that very much. Thank you. So, the movie we're doing this week is Me Cute. We are in the zeitgeist. We are keeping current. Never say we don't have our fingers on the pulse. Mm -hmm. Never say that. Yeah, we'll beat you up. If you don't know what this movie is, it is a Peacock original uh, that recently hit Peacock. So if you have that service, you could watch it. Pete Davidson and Kaylee Cuoco are in it. It was released on September 21st, 2022. We are recording this on September 29th, 2022. So within two weeks. We might be like among the first to review this. So we are not welcome. You're welcome. No, we are. (laughs) Usually we're among the last, you know, when you think about it. Yeah. Usually they're like, no one's ever going to review the 2003 movie timeline again. And we're like, (laughs) hold our beer. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Exactly. All right. Shall we get into the summary? Let's, I need to pull it up. We meet Sheila, Kaylee Cuoco, in a dive bar where she is eyeing Gary, Pete Davidson. The bartender encourages her to go talk to him, and she does. They both order old fashions and say cheers, mate, at the exact same time, which seems kind of weird until Sheila reveals that she's actually from the future and this has already happened. Gary assumes that this is a bit and seems to find it cute and quirky. He plays along as the evening progresses, first to that Indian restaurant with all the lights in the East Village, 
You guys know the one. And then to an ice cream truck, a ferry, a beer garden, a deserted street in Chinatown, and a waterfront park. Somewhere in there, Gary spills some beer and gets weird about it, causing Sheila to say, it's okay for things to be messy sometimes, in a way that is somehow a little too intimate, but he likes it and rolls with it. She also tells him a weird story about a cable guy being nice to her as a child. More on both of those things later. Along the way, during this very full night, Sheila unfurls the story of her time travel to Gary. 24 hours in the future, Sheila was having a great day and decided to pop into a nail salon. While she was there, she learned from her nail tech, June, that the tanning bed in the back was not actually a tanning bed, but a time machine. However, the time machine can only send people back 24 hours. Sheila claims that she went back 24 hours on a whim, met Gary, and had the best date of her life. So she decided to do it again. And again. The night that we meet them is actually the seventh time she's gone back to relive their date. She also reveals that she killed her previous self from that day and stuffed her in the back of her car to prevent any inconsistencies in the timeline. Gary is obviously weirded out by this info dump and asks why she doesn't just see what happens to them if she lets their future play out naturally. According to Sheila, if she does, they don't end up together. He gets back together with his ex or is hit by a train or a nuclear bomb goes off, etc., etc. This has all convinced her that the best thing to do is just keep reliving this day over and over again as a voluntary time loop. Three months of first dates later, things are going okay at the Indian restaurant until Gary tells a joke that Sheila usually tells, throwing her off her game. She decides to reveal that she was not actually having a great day when she first went back in time. She was actually planning on killing herself later that day, but got convinced to go back in time for one last chance. Five months into the time loop, her intensity seems to be freaking Gary out on their date, and he leaves her abruptly. After about a year of loops, she seems bored and fed up with Gary, blowing up with him in the restaurant and causing him to leave the date. After a conversation with one of the restaurant workers, Sheila decides that she's going to take action to change Gary to fix the parts of him that have started to annoy her. The next time we see Gary, he is somehow a douchey startup bro. He is no longer passive, so this time he takes charge of the date and they go to a weird tiny plates restaurant instead of the Indian place. Sheila reveals that she has been lying to him about the time machine, only allowing you to go back 24 hours. Instead, it allows you to go anywhere in the past, but only for 24 hours. So you get zapped back to the time you left when the 24 hours ends. She went back in the past and altered Gary's life so he would be generally happy and more successful, deleting a few people, adding a few others, and basically nudging him towards being the startup bro that he is that day. Gary does not like this and claims that he must have had some kind of residual feelings or some effect from all her time travel meddling. They get in a huge fight and he leaves. She decides to undo everything she did to change his life and bring back the old Gary that she initially fell for. With Gary back to his old self, she's able to appreciate her time with him again. Until he says that he feels a strange sense of deja vu being with her. She explains again about the time machine stuff. In the ensuing fight, he threatens to find the time machine himself and go back to stop her from ever becoming obsessed with this night. But eventually, he relents and lets her believe that she's convinced him not to do that. After they part ways, he heads to the nail salon and meets June. He asks her to send him back to when this all started, which he assumes is the previous day. But according to June, is about 1999. Before he can argue, she zaps him back to the past, where he goes to young Sheila's apartment. Her mom lets him in, assuming he's there to fix the cable. He meets four-year-old Sheila and tells her it's okay to be messy sometimes, and then leaves. Turns out he was the cable guy all along. 
Yeah, he's wearing a, a shirt that she bought him that looks like that they got like at a secondhand place that says it's like a maintenance guy shirt. So he looks like a cable guy. Yeah, it, it works. It makes yeah, sense I feel that like she would that's... think that. Before Gary returns to the present day, Sheila drops by the nail salon to thank June and say goodbye in an ominous way that implies she's about to go end her own life. Gary returns from the past a few minutes later and tells June that he fixed Sheila and it'll all be better. June is like, you definitely didn't fix her. Just saw her. She just left and she's in very bad shape. So you should probably go after her. And like, thanks. Leave me alone. Bye. Gary finds Sheila on the Manhattan Bridge. He talks her down by telling her that he used the time machine to go to the future and the future is good. She doesn't believe him, but eventually he stops arguing and just walks away to show her how certain he is that she's not going to end her life tonight and will be in the future. When he makes it to the Brooklyn side, he looks back and sees her behind him. They hug and walk along the river as the sun rises. The end. The end. Or is it? Or the beginning, you know? I mean, who can say? Okay, so... Oh, sorry. I was like, start the blast from the past, Paige. (laughs) Blast Blast from from the the past. past. So, like we said, this movie came out a week ago. We're almost like Sheila, only, you know, going only a few more than 24 hours into the past. Wow, that's really good. Good job. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, and I mean... Not too much. We could have done a whole episode about Pete Davidson, but I mean, you guys know yeah. who Pete Davidson is. I don't think we'd be breaking any new ground. Kaylee Cuoco, also, you know who she is. Mm-hmm. She's a famous lady. They both have uh, pretty famous romantic lives. I don't, to be honest, I don't know that I know about Kaylee Cuoco's romantic life. She, uh, she went through like a pretty public divorce. And then she wore a very cute jumpsuit. At her second wedding, which... Oh, okay. And then, or maybe That's that was cool. her first wedding. I don't know. She's gone through at least one public divorce. She's now dating a very cute man from Ozark, um, which I only found out because I watched a clip of her on Jimmy Fallon talking about Pete Davidson, where she also mentioned her boyfriend, who is a very cute man from Ozark. Cool. Um, I, I scrubbed through to the part about Pete Davidson, to be totally honest with you. <laughs> I'm surprised that she and Pete Davidson didn't, like date for like a month after filming this together it seems like sort of something that they would both do but <laughs> i don't know p davidson likes like a a more like a weirder choice like kaylee Cuoco is like an obvious choice you know ariana and then kim like i feel like those are like outside choices that people would not expect from him yeah i mean except for ariana he does seem to like an older woman kate beckinsale that's too. true that's true and, and yeah kim and kate beckinsale both. i forgot about the kate beckinsale thing yeah, so everyone. Like, Kaylee Coco's a little older. I don't know. I could see it. I don't really know what her type is, but she just seems like a nice lady, and I don't think that's Pete Davidson's thing. Sure. And maybe they did have sex. I don't know. I, I mean, unclear for them. Unclear in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yes. So this movie. Which, Helene and I, so sorry, we did talk about this movie for very briefly before we hopped on the pod in that we texted about them traipsing through New York City yes. in ways that sometimes made sense and sometimes did not, um, location-wise. Very disappointing because it was very close. <laughs> this movie was obviously actually filmed in New York City, though, and what I confirmed that when I was 
researching my blast from the past. They filmed it in New York City in August of 2021. Cool. Yeah, that would be crazy if they were able to make it look that much like New York and it wasn't filmed (laughs) in New York. I would be like, whoa. The film's screenplay uh, was featured on the 2018 Blacklist, which compiles the best unproduced scripts of the year. And we've had we've had that happen before. Yeah, a few of those. The name Alex Lehman, Lemon, L-E-H-M-A-N-N. I don't know mm-hmm. how you pronounce it. That's the director of this movie. It sounded very familiar, but I've never seen anything he's worked on. Yeah. Um, it seems like indie it stuff and documentaries kind of sounds like maybe a person we would have gone to college with perhaps <laughs> maybe is it someone we went to college with I don't think so but like okay. it very, doesn't it feel like it could be yeah I just I was like the name seems so familiar I was like oh that person must have directed a movie we've covered on the podcast before but they've never even done a movie I've directed a movie I've seen before so very strange but anyway he did some interviews where he talked about how Kaylee Coco and Pete Davidson, uh, he allowed them to improvise a lot on set. Oh, cool. Because he has a documentary background, so he loves to create a genuine moment. Okay. <laughs> According to this article on thelist.com, when it came to cracking jokes on set, Pete Davidson referenced the film's Jaws a lot in scenes. Did you notice that? No, I think a lot of it didn't make the film. Okay, okay. uh, Alex Lehman said, it was not useful to our film at all, but he had the crew in stitches and he had Kaylee in stitches. I mean, that's cool. They could have put in a line about him being like obsessed with Jaws. That would not be like, that would be like a nice detail for that character, I guess. Don't know. Also, the clip I referenced before that I sent to Helena Kaylee Cuoco went on Jimmy Fallon this past couple of weeks to, to promote this film and talked about how, okay, Pete Davidson was attached to this film and then she became attached to this film and they'd never met, which I was like, wow, I guess when you're famous, you don't need to do a chemistry test. Cool. They're just like, these two people, good luck. Hope they have chemistry. <laughs> and they did. It was fine. They were good. Yeah. But it really like, you could really, you could be two hot people that just don't have chemistry. We've seen it before. We've seen it many times. Yeah, we recently saw it in a movie that uh, it, well, he watched just not for this podcast. Um, so you don't oh, get to yeah. find out what movie it was. Mm. <laughs> never, you'll never know. We're not promoting you'll never that. Know. It was a very strange movie that you can watch on Hulu. That's all but we'll you'll say. you'll never know. <laughs> uh, and the two leads, both very hot, did not have chemistry. But anyway. Nope. Yeah, I just think even if you're, I think even if you're really famous, I get, I get that you don't have to read for parts, but like you should have to kiss somebody on a, on t, on a, on the little for sure. Like you should just check that those two particular famous people make sense together. Right. Anyway, that's not the point of the story. The point of the story is, so she said they hadn't met, and she was like, "Well, we should probably meet." So she texted him, and he wanted to meet for the first time by doing an escape room. I fucking love it, honestly. It's so weird. I love it. And they did. Um, did she specify? I don't remember if it was just the two. I think it was just the two of them, right? Like, no, I think have, she like... said the director was also there. Oh, okay. But still, it wasn't two like... Two-person can... escape room is a vibe. Because f- when you go, especially in somewhere like New York City, if you go to do an escape room, if it's like an eight-person escape room and you only have like four people, they will put you in there with strangers. So that's what. So, so do you think there were some strangers like 
hanging out with Kaylee Cuoco and Pete Davidson and this director in this escape room. I just would like to imagine so. And I imagine those strangers would have done all the work. I think you're probably right. And Kaylee Cuoco would be like, hey, so like, tell me about yourself. <laughs> and Pete Davidson would be like, shh, shh, shh. We're doing the <laughs> escape room. Um, anyway, it does seem like they got along and they were friendly. I also watched a cute clip of they were like on, at the premiere for this. And um, she's in, like, a nice sparkly suit. And Pete Davidson walks up and is, like, getting his picture taken. He's in, like, a hoodie. And she turns around and she's like, glad you dressed up for this, Pete. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So it does seem like they're friends, which we love. And then just two other fun little trivia facts. Young Gary is holding a book when he meets, um, quote-unquote, Uncle Charlie. I clocked both. Who is one of the people that... Kaylee Coco is pretending to be to change old Gary into new Gary. Anyway, so young Gary's holding a book called The Right Hand of Lightness by Ursula Le Guin, <laughs> which is very funny because the book does not actually get, exist. It's a spoof of the novel The Left Hand of Darkness by Ursula Le Guin. Which I literally just read. Yes, which Helena just read. I have proof. My spouse loaned it to her and then... She read it, and the two of them had a conversation about it in front of me. Helena can I, read. Yes. I have proof. Yes, I can read. Don't, don't let the rumors fool you. Did you like the book? I did. It was very good. Um, but I think The Right Hand of Lightness would be better, to be honest. By Ursula Le Grin. Le Grin. Yeah. <laughs> Le Grin. Liam, I guess, could hear me, because Liam just texted me. I didn't loan it to her. She bought it. I bought it, but Liam, okay, well, what happened was that we were at Blue Stockings, and I didn't have a book I wanted to buy, and Liam was like, I want to buy this book, but I've already read it, but I want to buy some, like, so it was a whole thing, and I was like, why don't I buy it, and it'll be, like, our book, and then I'll give it back to you, and then you can read it again, but I'm going to read it first, because I'm going to buy it. That's very cute. Yeah, it was cute. It was a good moment. Helena and my partner share custody of a book. Yeah, we share a book. And then I w- and then I was also like, oh my god, I never returned this other book that you loaned me like a hundred years ago. So anyway, that's how that happened. I don't really know whose book it is. It's it's a communal book. That's what I'm saying. You share yeah. custody of this book. Yeah. Can we really own books? You know. That's what's beautiful about it is that I was like, we're contributing to this, you know, collective that we really care about, and also like, you know, books should be communal anyway. So right. Yeah. If you live in New York, you should go to Blue Stockings. It's a uh, Blue Stocking? Singular? Blue Stockings. Plural? I think it's Blue plural. Stockings. Um, it's a great anarchist bookshop downtown. Yeah. Or if you don't live in New York and you are paying a visit. But this yeah. is not a tourism podcast. I mean, if there was ever going to be a movie, though, that we could turn into a tourism episode it would be absolutely they're yeah. doing a, a new york city tourism movie oh my god anyway more on that later more on that later and then the other thing i was gonna say is that pete davidson actually starred in an snl skit titled meet cute opposite kristen stewart um in february of 2017 oh yeah was it good I rewatched it today. I'm sure I saw it when it first came out because I unfortunately still watch SNL. I don't know. I'm sick. I'm ill. I need to know what's you just happening. Want to be part of the part of the conversation. In case there's conversation. 
Well, there is always conversation because Paul Fari is always tweeting about it. That's true. That's true. Friend of the pod. Friend of the guest. Paul Former guest uh, and father of one of the hosts. It's true. Paul Fari. If you don't follow him on Twitter, great SNL commentary. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah, it was cute. I mean, we love Kristen Stewart. So it was like Pete Davidson and Kristen Stewart meet in a coffee shop and they, they have like an instant connection. And he's like, hey, I never do this, but, like, can I take you to dinner? And she's like, yeah, that'd be great. And then, like, walks out. And then he's like, wait, but I don't know. I didn't get your last name or your number. Like, where are we going to dinner? And she's gone. And then he, she spent, like, we see her spending the whole day, like, with her friends, getting excited, getting ready, getting her hair done. And him, like, doing everything he can to try to find her. And and then she ends up at a restaurant thinking he stood her up. I don't know. It doesn't really make narrative sense. But. It's cute. Maybe there maybe it would make sense if they included time travel in it. That <laughs> sure. was the missing piece. Is that like he yeah. one of them is a time traveler, perhaps? Right. The most interesting part of watching it for me was it was pre him blowing up, right? It was pre he was on SNL, but he hadn't dated Ariana Grande yet. He like was just a guy on SNL. No, he wasn't mm-hmm. like a sex symbol or anything. So It's so it's still I'm sorry, but it's still so wild to me that he's a sex symbol <laughs> of our time. Yeah, I still can't. I still don't really see it, but it's fine for everybody else, I guess. Yeah, I didn't really see it in this movie either. I was like, he's cute. I don't know. He, he's fine. He's he's cute, but I I don't know. I like I don't get it. I really don't get it. I wouldn't like kick him out of bed. I guess. But I is it like am not. I have I just oh. been brainwashed? I feel like we've like. We've dated that guy before, you know, all of us. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Especially us. Especially, like, us specifically. I, I'm right. saying, like, us is a, the collective us, but also, like, you and I. Right. If you've, I don't know, I feel like if you've, if you did theater in high school, you've dated that guy. Yeah. Or if you, yeah, or if you went to NYU, which one of right. our friends, who shall remain nameless, did actually date that guy. Yes. Oh, my God. I so, forgot about like, that. We have like we are part of the. It's not. It's not out of the question. Wow. You know? Do you think she? Do you think she thinks about the fact that she is in the same category as Ariana Grande, Kate Beckinsale? All the time, guaranteed. She she talks about it constantly. <laughs> Maybe she doesn't talk about it constantly, but I think she definitely like brings it up as a fun fact. It's gotten her through some hard night, some hard times. Yeah, for sure. Which as it should. Good for her. Mm-hmm. And didn't she turn? Like, didn't she? reject him like didn't wasn't he he like like, he asked her to go back to his place or like I think there was something like that and I think there was like yeah I think she was kind of like I see I see what this is I see your Mm -hmm. whole deal you're just Mm -hmm. like a comedian boy a skinny comedian boy and I know your type and I I don't really need it but like I'll let you take me on a date or something like that it was something like that right yeah something like that I don't know but it is it is a Pete Davidson is sort of like the skater boy in Avril Lavigne's skater boy in that. <laughs> Certainly for that person that we're talking about. <laughs> sure. Uh, but I saw a good like uh, tweet or something years ago that was like, skater boy is bad because it like te- is teaching. Like, it, you know, it's meant to be just like, don't judge somebody blah 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 but what it's actually it's like you should date the stoner skater kid 
And hope that he, like, becomes... Right, and hope that he becomes, is, like, the one in a million who becomes a rock star, right? Right, right. Too bad that you couldn't see see the man that boy would right. be. Yeah. Right, when it's, like, most of the time he'll end up just, I don't know... Being a guy. Being a guy, maybe sleeping on your couch while you go to work, you know? I don't... <laughs> No judgment if that's if that's the relationship you yeah, want to have, too, but if that's your thing, I feel like you will feel feel like Avril Lavigne lied to you. Yeah, and Pete Davidson is the same way. Where it's like, oh God, we should not be encouraging NYU women to date those comedy boys. <laughs> Most of the time, they will just annoy you and make you go to a million open mics before like giving up to become a realtor. Yep, they're 100%. Not, they're not getting 150%. Um, anyway. Yeah, that's how we feel about Pete Davidson, if anybody was wondering. <laughs> but I thought he, he was, he did a good job in this movie. He was charming. Yeah, he was fine. He did, he did good. I liked the two of them together. They did have chemistry. And I, I do truly love how deeply weird it is that he was like, we should meet in an escape room. And I don't feel like it's, like, him trying to be, like, quirky or, like, it's just genuinely he's, like, a weird dude. Yeah. I wish he leaned into being a weird dude more than he leaned into, like, the BDE, you know? I think maybe that's, maybe it's what people are picking up on. Like, he's, like, he's, like, cool with being a weird dude. So they're, like, oh, well, like, you must have a big dick because you are just, like, a weird dude. See, this is what I mean when I'm saying we could have an entire episode where we just talk about Pete Davidson. It's such an easy, <laughs> this is such an easy rabbit hole to get sucked You're into. You're so right. You're so right. We gotta, we, we gotta move on. We gotta move on because the we could analyze forever. It's uh, so true. And other people have. Like, this is not breaking new ground. Like, this no. is... We have we have one story about Pete Davidson that is unique because we know someone who dated him. Mm-hmm. But, like, other than that... We're not adding anything to this conversation, so let's keep going. I mean, except our brilliant insight and wit. Yeah, but generally, like, yeah, but like, I just feel like people have like said everything there is to say about Pete Davidson, including the words coming out of my mouth right now. Sure. <laughs> magic, magic, science, science just, just a dream. A dream. Okay, here's where we talk about the hows and the whys of the time travel. Uh, this movie, I will say, did a very good job of giving us lots of lots of hows and whys. They definitely did. I love that it was a tanning bed. I thought that was hilarious. I love that um, you still have to wear the little tanning bed glasses. Yeah, very fun. I I also, I really liked the unreliable narrator of it all because uh, mm-hmm. I was like, you know, once we, like, figure it all out, she, like, changes the game, and she's like, oh, actually, I was lying about that. It's this. Um, right. So that, like, yeah. unfurled in a very fun way. Yeah, because when she's like, I'm going to change him, and he comes back completely different, I'm like, how on earth did she do that if she can only go back 24 hours? Yeah. And then she reveals she can't only go back 24 hours, which, to me, also, at that moment, changes it's good that she told me in the beginning she could only go back 24 hours because I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. The stakes make sense then to me why you can't wait to see if your life together will be good, right? If right, you only have 24 right. hours to go back 
as soon as she as soon as that changed i was like okay well you lowered the stakes immensely now you could just wait and see and they tried to rectify that by her anxiety being like it could the the machine could break i don't know i think it made her like neuroses and her like state of mind it raised the stakes on that it it made us realize that like she is in like we knew she was not in great shape because like going back 24 hours over and over again is like already a weird thing to do for a whole year but then when we realized she could go anywhere and this is what she picked it is like oh no something's very wrong um right although i did love the joke that she keeps making about Smithson. Um, yeah. Because at one point, Pete Davidson is like, Gary, sorry, is like, oh, you're, you know, you could go back to any point. Why don't you kill Hitler? And she's like, well, I did take out Smithson. And he's like, who? And she's like, exactly. Yeah, so good. I was thinking, mm, I'm not sure if I'm like reading too much into this, but I thought maybe Smithson was related to the nuclear bomb. Uh, future path Mm. she said in one of the potential futures a nuclear bomb goes off on the east coast the next day and they think that it's north korea but it turns out it was an inside job so i'm thinking it was smithson right maybe i also couldn't tell in that moment because she's listing all these things that could happen right Gary's like, just let the day go forward. And she's like, no, because either Amber will tell his ex-girlfriend will tell you she's pregnant or the nuclear bomb, whatever. I couldn't tell, especially knowing the way how sort of uh, hamster wheel her mind is at this point, if those things at all, she'd actually experienced those things happening or mm. those were just catastrophizing things that could happen. So she didn't want to let this one like nice moment go great question i think i think with the fact that she is able to travel to that day from any point i think it's possible that those things actually did happen because it turns out that like she is able to actually see like go a little bit into the future like maybe she went into the future a couple of times and then like realized that that was the day she wanted to be in I don't know. It's hard to tell with an unreliable narrator. Yeah. And by going to the future, just to clarify, you mean just like keeps living her life, right? Because as far as we know, the time machine, that is an important thing about the time machine. It only goes into the past. Yes, that is what seems to be the case. It is also interesting. um, So you live the past for 24 hours and then you're zapped back. So it is interesting, like every time that she wanted to go back into the past, even just like to play catch with young Gary for a a second or like send a hooker to his house or whatever she wants to do. She then just like hangs out on that day for a full 24 hours. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They only show us snippets of the little thing, but 24 hours is a long time to just kind of hang out. If you wanted to do one little errand in the past. Right. Does she sleep? Unclear. I suppose you could. She's got 24 hours. Also, it's unclear because it seems like she ends the date with Gary. It's like 2 a.m. or whatever time it is. For some reason, the nail salon is open, which is one of my consistency notes. There are a very few number, but some nail salons that are open until open 24 hours in New York City. 
and then goes back again. And I'm sort of like, so, okay, is she even, like, staying 24 hours in this one day? Or is she just, like, cutting it short by going back again? That's a good question. And I would follow that up. I don't have an answer to that, but I would follow that up with, like, the fact that she has to go back and murder her past self every time. Like, what do we... I don't know. I had some trouble wrapping my brain around that. Do you have, like... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, I, I had a, I had, I, I took issue with it because, first of all, beautiful, doing violence against the self when you're having suicidal ideations, like doing yeah, violence love against that. the self in that other the, way, beautiful. The metaphor looks great. Yes. Also, just having to do constant violence against yourself is like something that, you know, just is is ripe for conversation as it is. But I don't understand. I understand why she'd have to kill herself the first time, right? And I appreciate that they're dealing with that, right? They're dealing with she's not she's not going back into her past self, right? She's going back and then there would be two hers walking around for at least this 24 hours. So if she kills her past self, then present her gets to just be the only Sheila walking around. Mm-hmm. However, once she's killed her past self once, I don't understand why she has to keep doing it, right? That, that, Sheila from, like, I'm just going to give it a name, like, Sheila from September 28th, because today's 29th, right? Sheila from September 28th is dead. She was murdered by September 29th Sheila. So even though September 29th Sheila is now being replaced by a new September 29th Sheila, September 28th Sheila should still be dead. But wouldn't she have to, but she's the one who has to kill her. So she has to go back in time to do it, right? Like she has to be there in order for it to happen. No, because she's already done it, right? In theory, there could be, in theory, there could be another September 29th Sheila she has to kill. Oh, yeah, that's true. Because we see that happen, because we see that happen when she goes back to undo the Charlie stuff. Right. Right? There's two of her. She's, right. She's playing Uncle Charlie, and then she goes back again and, like, chloroforms herself as Uncle Charlie. Yeah, so she's chloroforming the self that went back. Right. And so I understand why she doesn't necessarily have to. The her that went back. God, okay, this is very confusing. The her that went back, I guess... I understand why she doesn't have to kill the her that went back because the her that went back. Well, the thing about the her that went back is that 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 self, because she's only going back 24 hours, she is going to live through and whatever kind of zapping would happen doesn't happen because she's just living straight through, right? I I guess. But she lives that 24 hours and then she's in the present and is there. And there's only, she's the one who went back, so she's the one who would be zapped back, and then there's only one her, rather than there being two hers, because she went back in time. Well, no, that wouldn't make sense, though, with the original her, then, the one that's, like, that she kills. I don't know, this is, it's, it's a little, it's a, it's sticky. Yeah. It doesn't quite work. It doesn't work because in theory, if she, okay, 
Maybe I'm wrong. But now that I'm thinking about it, it's like if September, if September 29th, Sheila goes back. She kills. We need to make one of those charts like we did for the Infinite Man. I know. This was, this was giving me Infinite Man <laughs> vibes for sure. September 29th, Sheila goes back. Kill September 28th, Sheila, so she can like keep living her life. Meets Gary. Has this great night. Decides to go back and do it again. She should have to kill September 29th, Sheila. So that September 29th, Sheila isn't back at the bar with her again. You're right. I think I think you're right. I think that's how it should have gone, which would have been fine. Like there wouldn't have been any problem with her going back. Like we still would have gotten that same metaphor. Yeah. We wouldn't have gotten the metaphor of her in a bright yellow dress looking like better killing the self that looked like she was going through a mental health crisis. Right. But there you have it. That's what that that is what would have made sense. You're correct. Wait, yeah. but then there's the the zapping issue. Cuz she's the same one who would have gone who went back and also would have gone forward. Right. So what's the issue? It's the same Sheila going around and around. I don't understand what the issue is though. So she so she does this. She keeps going. She makes it to September 30th. She goes back to September 29th. What's the issue? No, no, she goes back to September 28th. She goes back to September 28th, lives that day on September, when she gets to September 29th, she's the only Sheila around. Then she goes back again. Uh Uh-huh. Because she's not being, because she doesn't get zapped, because she doesn't get zapped back, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Because she lives through the day and ends up back where she started, right? Which is what the time machine wants her to do. Uh-huh. So therefore, like, she's not going to be, it's going to be the same her that goes back because she's lived through that day rather than being, like, pushed back. But when she's going all the way back in time to, to, to fuck with Gary's childhood, she's getting zapped. Right. So she's getting zapped back. Right, but that's that's not the issue of the time loop day. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm not I'm not sure. It's not it's it's not clean. It they think it's clean. It's cleaner. It's clean-ish. They're trying. We appreciate the effort, but it's not clean. Ultimately. Yeah, I guess Well, and then the question is at the end She's at the very end, right? She's walking away with Pete Davidson, all happy. Is she in a couple hours gonna get zapped? No, because she's she if she gets zapped, it zaps her to the moment that she's back in because it's the twenty four hour thing. There's no I way mean, for maybe. her to get if it's the zapped. exact same time. Like if she if she decides to go back on at noon. From noon to noon. Is it going to, like, if she's hanging out somewhere else, uh, uh, if she's hanging out in the park at noon, is it going to zap her back to the tanning bed? Oh, I don't know about the place issue. That's true. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. Okay. (laughs) My brain hurts. (laughs) Yeah, my brain hurts too. 
we don't really know what happens on the other end when you get zapped back to, to the time. Like, we don't know if, like, your physical body disappears. We don't know if you, like... I assume it does. Continue. If that's the case, wouldn't she be... No, that's not true. I don't know. I don't know. My brain's hurting. They didn't want us to look that closely at this. <laughs> yeah, it's also, like, at the end, when Pete Davidson goes back, we do see him come back. And... It's not right at the time he left. It's like 10 minutes later. Yeah. Oh, that that is confusing because it's like, is it 24 hours? Does your body in the present go back and then it reappears 24 hours from the time you left? Or does it reappear at the same time that you left? And it should be the same time, but Pete Davidson doesn't work. Yeah, either way, Pete Davidson doesn't work. And I mean, I guess if we're being extremely generous, we could say he's at back to the exact same time he left uh, and just was like, I need a few minutes to collect myself. Back perhaps, here. perhaps would not put it past Gary. We, we got to move on. I it, we're not going to crack it because it's not meant to not, be cracked. No, no. She should have to kill some version of herself to not create like alternate hers walking around and she does she does just maybe not the right one anyway honestly the only movie that really that really did this correctly with people going back and seeing themselves and like the paradox of that has been the infinite man and the only way they were able to do that is through like extensive diagramming yes extensive diagramming to the point that like people on the internet were diagramming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they and they tried to block up the holes so much that it was very it was ultimately a confusing movie but very good. But anyway, yeah. this this if movie you was sat not down and diagra- Yeah, if you sat down and did diagrammed it was great. Yes. See, yes. Does it make a better movie if the longer you look at it, the more you can like appreciate that you can't find holes? Or does it make a better movie if they're like, if you look at it too closely, there are holes, but it overall is trying to just like make it less confusing for you. Yeah. And like, we're trying to say something and like, we're more character focused than we are like making the time travel perfect focus. I don't know. Yeah. It depends. I don't know. I love nuance and like getting things exactly right. I've loved the infinite man like so much more after we sat down and diagrammed it and as much as i appreciate all all these movies that we've watched like as much as i appreciate movies these movies for what they are even when they're imperfect i i personally it's so tasty to me when everything works it's tasty when it works and also is a good movie like when you can get both right it's like oh yeah and that's yeah. why we do the podcast, ultimately. We're just searching. And I forget about The Infinite Man. So what does that I say? I forget about it, right? too. Like, when we talk about it, I'm like, oh, yeah, that was so good. But when people are like, oh, like, tell me some of the best movies you've watched, that isn't one of the ones that I talk about. I forgot I about forget it. I forget about it, too. I, I totally agree with you. I need to start, like, telling people that, to watch that one because it's very good. Yeah. But what does that say about, about all the, the work they put into it? You know what I mean? Was it worth it? I don't know. Not sure. Okay. Another question. Before I ask my actual question, we can talk about generally 
this movie does what a lot, what we really appreciate, and what more and more of these modern time travel movies are doing, because it is cool. And it is sort of the point, in a lot of ways, of doing a movie about time travel or time loops. This movie is technically time travel, but it in practice is a time loop. Yes. And notably, I think this is our first voluntary time loop. Is that true? Mm. Maybe. I mean, there's been times like in like for instance in Palm Springs, the the female character whose name I forget, um is is like I figured out a way for us to get out and the male character whose name I also forget but was played by Andy Samberg is like I'm good here. Yeah. Yeah, but then he has a change of heart and goes with her. Sure. So, but yeah. we've but that he was he almost chose to voluntarily be in a time loop. Yes, that's the closest we've come, I think. Yeah. Because most of them are like, the whole process of the movie is how do I get out of this time loop? Like, that's the, that's the mm-hmm. plot. Yeah. Speaking of Palm Springs, which is also a movie that does this, discusses the idea of things sticking with you, even if things, quote unquote, reset, right? Even if time, quote unquote, resets. This movie does a lot with that. Yes. Um, which, again, is interesting because it's not technically a time loop movie. But when she's doing this over and over again, everyone keeps talking about how maybe some, quote unquote, shit sticks. When they're fighting because she changed all of his trauma, Gary's says, maybe I won't remember this conversation this night, these two ladies, but I will remember this feeling. And then when they're having their really nice date, when he's back to being old Gary, he keeps talking about this sense of deja vu and it's very sad. Anyway, this is all just to say like this movie um, is sort of under the impression that, well, when you do time travel, you can reset the past. There is the body remembers, as we like to say. Yeah, the body keeps the score. (laughs) The body keeps the score and it still matters what you're doing even if you're sort of erasing up other people's reality, which leads me to my question. Okay, I'm ready. Is that what we're led to believe is happening when he is saying things that make it seem like he's time traveling? I think so, yes. So, yeah, occasionally Gary will say something that is like a joke that... Sheila usually makes or there will be some like it it almost feels like a glitch in the matrix kind of thing where he like predicts something about her that he shouldn't know yet in that loop because in a lot of the the dates she tells when they're on the ferry which again we will we can talk about why are they on the ferry can't wait to talk about the ferry (laughs) when they're on the ferry she's points out her apartment that she grew up in she's always like oh that apartment that building right there is where I grew up. And one night she is like, oh, that apartment over there. And he's like, oh, yeah, is that where you grew up? And she's like, wait, what? Yeah. And so I'm like, wait, are we about to believe that, like, Pete Davidson is not? Because I was like, oh, what? maybe this would be fun. Maybe they're both doing this. That would be cool if they were both doing it. I, I thought for a bit that that might be happening. I really liked, I kind of liked the glitch in the Matrix or, like, Pete Davidson like becoming sentient like that's what that was the vibe 
Yeah. Um, which I thought was cool and fun. I wish they had like explored that a little bit more, but I think I think they did an okay job with like the ambiguity. Right. Okay, great. Now let's make a a, a clear pivot to what have, what you, have you done? done? Here's where we talk about consistency issues, plot hole issues, any other potpourri stuff. You know, a lot of the, a lot of it tends to get covered in our first section because it's hard to talk about the hows and the whys without talking about the glitches in the hows and the whys. But I'm sure we still have more to say. So we definitely do. <laughs> can we talk about? Can we do like a full talk about the New York City stuff first? Yes. Just to get it out of the way. Yes. You you go. You take this. So. If you are a person who wants to watch this movie and you have lived in New York for a long time, you you gotta like go in with taking some deep breaths because you're gonna spend like the first third of the movie like trying to figure out exactly where they are in every single shot. At least I did. If you're like me, you will do that. Because um, like everywhere is super recognizable, but only to like people who frequent places in the East Village. And so I was just like spending the whole time being like, wait, where are they? What, how'd they get over there? Did they take the subway? What are they doing? It makes it seem like you can get anywhere in New York by just like sort of wandering, which you kind of can, but the the places that they go would be a, a lot of walking. And also sometimes they could not have gotten to those places. I did appreciate that she was wearing sneakers. I liked that. I liked that. Her whole outfit was great. She only wore yes. basically one outfit the whole time, and it was it was a very cute outfit. I just mean, like, she's in her date dress. She could have been wearing heels, and I appreciated because, again, there's a lot of walking implied yes. that she's wearing sneakers. <laughs> it seems like most places, I appreciate it, it seems like most places they were at were on the east side. So at least that mm-hmm. made it seem somewhat plausible however my biggest inconsistency about the locations is that they do an establishing shot um before they go to a bar scene and the uh subway that they choose the the street corner that they choose is the um metropolitan ave jmz train and that is in brooklyn so if the bar that they start at is off of the metropolitan ave stop the next place they walk to is going to be the Indian place, which we all know is on first and fifth. So there's just no way. Um, I was like, yes. why did you choose that? Uh, it's also like such a recognizable subway stop. Like the JMZ is like an elevated track and it's just like, everybody knows that stop. Just pick anywhere else in New York city uh, in the East village, because obviously you want this bar to be in the East village. It yeah. made no sense. I was very mad about it. Yeah, it, I got the vibe, especially at the end, at the end when Pete Davidson's trying to talk her off the ledge and he is saying, have you ever been to the other side? I think, you know, he's sort of talking about the future, but I also thought he was talking about Brooklyn. He was, yeah. No, I think. <laughs> yeah, was, of the bridge, because they're that was on the bridge. It. Right. They're on the bridge walking from Manhattan to Brooklyn. So, which very much implied to me, like, every part of this night has so far taken place in Manhattan. Right, it should have. But why did they show that shot of the JMZ train if they didn't mean yeah. for it to be an establishing shot? It's not how film works. No. And and again, I do appreciate they did, a lot of it did all seem to be in the East Village on the Lower East Side 
Manhattan Bridge is is down there. <laughs> but yeah, just don't start with an establishing shot in Brooklyn. You're right. It just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense. There are so many places you could take a shot of in the East Village. But the like the Chinatown thing, that's fine. You could get there from the East Village pretty easily. The ice yeah. cream truck. I believe that there is an ice cream truck that sells crazy flavors in East Village. Okay, now I need to look up if Alex Lehman... Well, he's the director. I, I, I need to look up if the director or the writer went to, to, to college in, at NYU or at the New School or whatever. Because I'm like, those Indian restaurants. I, I just... <laughs> It's such a thing. It is such a thing. I'm sorry to our listeners who did not go to school um, in lower Manhattan. <laughs> but yes, there's, okay, there's these four Indian restaurants covered in Christmas lights on a ra- like fifth or sixth street and first Ave. Mm-hmm. That just like everyone knows about. It's such a thing. Everyone had at least one friend who had a birthday party in one Absolutely. of those restaurants. Okay, but the other thing consistency wise about those restaurants is those restaurants are all BYOB. So they were brought mm. two glasses of Cabernet. And I was like, I'm calling bullshit. That's not how those restaurants work. <laughs> Don't take it to that iconic New York restaurant. If you're like, part of the reason those restaurants are like so popular is because they're BYOB. Like, just include that. I don't know. I'm just, I was also sort of like, why are they on the Staten Island Ferry? Where are they going? <laughs> It was they just taken a, a ride. Staten Island, it was it supposed to be the Staten Island Ferry? Was it the Staten Island Ferry? I went back because initially I was like, that's the Staten Island Ferry, or it's trying to be. And then I while I was writing the summary, I went back and looked and I was like, that doesn't actually look like the Staten Island Ferry. Which has a very distinctive look, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like it was too it was painted too nicely. And I was like, this is not actually the Staten Island Ferry. So you think it's one of the new ferries that'll just take you to Dumbo or Queens? That was my other thought, but then I was like, but it's not nice enough to be that. So, I mean, I think they just, like, contracted a boat and were like, this is the the ferry, quote-unquote. But Mm. if it's supposed to be in New York City, I'm not sure what ferry they were trying to make it because if it was, like, supposed to be a dupe of the Staten Island Ferry, then they would have to go all the way down to Battery Park, which is very far away from the East Village. And, like, Mm -hmm. all the other places that they were in. So that's, like, a long walk. And the Manhattan Bridge. Right. And then they have to walk all the way back up to the Manhattan Bridge later. So that, that, the ferry really threw a wrench into things for me. I have walked the Manhattan Bridge many a time. It lets you off a canal. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So a a solid, maybe, I don't know, mile and a half from Battery Park? How far would you say? Mm. I can tell you it took, it was four miles from my apartment in Prospect Heights to uh, NYU's campus over the Manhattan Bridge. Wow. And you did that <laughs> I had a lot times. of anxiety my senior year of college. Dark times. <laughs> <laughs> so much walking. Would have been very realistic if there was like, uh, yeah, if there, if at like, whatever, it's supposed to be like 5am as she is, as the sun is about to come up. And there's a, there's a <laughs> NYU student in their big purple sweatshirt. Like, yes, yes. Just like, cr- <sighs> like, tears, like drying on their face, like just power walking like, across the Manhattan Bridge. Yeah. Like, the studio's going to be fine today. Today's the day. It's going to go well. <laughs> Uh, oh no. <laughs> uh anyway, I did appreciate the Q subway train screaming on by. Yes, that Again, was very that realistic. Was good. Yeah. 
I think it's interesting. I I'm curious where the what the choice was to do the Manhattan Bridge and not the iconic picturesque Brooklyn Bridge. I mean, probably for the train, honestly. They wanted, yeah, they wanted the train. They wanted it to maybe be a little grittier, a little less pretty. Yeah. I think it would be harder. Like, you can't get quite as close to the edge on the Brooklyn Bridge also. You know? That's true. Yeah. Like, when um, in Kate and Leopold, when she tries to jump off the Brooklyn, when she does jump off the Brooklyn Bridge, she has to, like, go out on a very long pole. Sure, sure. But you could kill yourself. You could jump. You'd just be jumping onto the um, the road. Right. But that's not the, that's not what she that's wanted. That's not the picturesque she, thing. That's not yeah, the picturesque yeah, yeah. thing she was, like, hoping for. Right. <laughs> okay. We can close that. We can close that chapter. <laughs> Thank you for letting me rant about that. Yeah. No, and I, I appreciate it. I also, uh, I, mo- most of my feelings were about the fairy. Uh or whatever that was. And then they take the ferry. After they get off the ferry, they're at that, like, beer garden. So I was like, oh, is the beer garden meant to be in Brooklyn? Dumbo. But then they end up on the other side of the bridge, so it's a no. Right. Maybe they took the circle line. They just took, like, a tourist boat. The the circle line's just, like, a boat that, like, goes around the island and drops you off in the same place. Does it go at, like, 11 p.m.? No, for sure, no. Okay. Uh, okay, so here's a question. It's established uh, that they met basically originally. She walked into this bar. She need, She just needed a drink, and she like was looking for someone to talk to, and he was the only one not watching whatever sports game was on TV. Mm-hmm. So my question is, why was he at the bar? It seemed like it was like a sports bar, and everyone was like watching the game. And he was just sort of drawing on some coasters. That's a good question. I guess he was drawing on the coasters because he's a graphic designer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the drawing on the coasters is meant to just establish, ooh, artsy guy, well, whatever. But we never actually find out why he was at a bar that night. That's a great question. Maybe he just wanted a drink. But he know. wasn't drinking when she walked up to him. I just assumed that he had, like, finished his drink and was, like, about to get his next one and she like swooped in at the right time okay but that's fair he was not he to to be fair he did not have a drink you're right the last thing we haven't already covered is when she's getting very bored of their Mm -hmm. relationship eventually she decides you know to go back and just change him but i'm sort of like just i don't know why she doesn't at some point just try to make different choices like go to a different restaurant um don't try to talk to him about the time travel try to talk about something else go you could leave the city you could go uptown you could go to just one of the other three indian restaurants (laughs) yeah i agree with that i'm not sure why she decided she had to repeat the exact same procedures when when she felt like it wasn't working anymore right well and especially because she says early on she says the magical thing about this is that She's approached him differently. She's approached him differently, different ways, and they've always ended up having a great time. So it's not like she's afraid that if she does something different that night, they won't have a good time. So I'm just sort of like, why do you keep, if you're getting annoyed and uh, bored, bored, why don't you just make different choices? Which 
leads me to the next obvious question is, did they ever have sex in any of the loops? Well, he also has that question. He also has that question. And I think we all we all are kind of I don't know. What, do you what think? exactly does she what does she exactly say when he asks? She like makes a joke and she's like she's like, Oh no, like no, we, we wouldn't do that or something. She brushes it off in like a really cheeky way and because she's such an unreliable narrator, like I don't think we should believe her, like, necessarily. Like she could just as easily be lying as she is telling the truth. Yeah, I don't think they have sex. Not she didn't think maybe to try that at all. I don't know. It just seems with sex symbol Pete Davidson. <laughs> I think she's really into the first date feeling of it. Mm-hmm. That's why she doesn't want to go on to day two. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. And part of the like excitement, I think, is not doing that. But also, I could be wrong. I mean, not that there. I'm again. I'm not like shaming anyone who does have sex on the first date. I just that doesn't seem to be what <laughs> she's going. No, that's for. what you're doing. You you don't you think they're they're sluts? Mm-hmm. You really believe in the rules? That's me, rule follower, virgin. Rule follower slash virgin, Paige Mayer. Yeah, I mean, I think you're probably right about that. I mean, we would probably have an ethical issue with it if she did. So it's probably good that she didn't. Would we? Because she's being honest with him. About being a time traveler? Yeah. I guess, but it depends on whether he genuinely believes her or not. Yeah. If she's able to prove it in a way that he believes, and then he's like, okay, I'm down. Sure. I think I would need to see the night in question, see all the events leading up to the the lovemaking. <laughs> Before I weighed in on the ethics of it. Fair enough. She seems really, um, and we can talk about this, I guess, in either the next section or the section after that, but she seems maybe performatively, maybe manipulatively, but regardless, she does seem into being ethical about dating somebody while using time travel. Yeah. I do wonder if it's like performative because I think that is true up to a point, but then he starts like getting to this point where he starts saying like, I don't want this. Like you were, you're manipulating me. Like you're trapping me in this. Like doesn't, I, I have the sense that like something bad is happening to me because of this. So like, sure, and then sure. she, yeah. and she disregards that. So like, yeah, I obviously think... she's very bad at boundaries. Yeah. I'm not saying she's doing well, but she, likes to think of herself as somebody who is being ethical about this. Like she says to him basically like, Oh, I would never, he says, are you, are you, did you, are you repeating the dates trying to win me over? And she says, no, that would be super weird and creepy and obsessive or whatever. Like she's like, it, we, it worked from the, the get go. Mm-hmm. So I think she would feel weird about sex. Okay. Fair enough. And again, I don't think that's something she's super interested in out of this night. Yeah. So if I was a betting man, I would say no, but maybe. Okay. I'll probably, I probably would go with you on that. That sort of leads us into. Does Does their their love love stand stand the test of time? time? So we're going to talk about the romance of it all. 
a lot of romance here to talk about. Uh, my first note is that Kaylee Coco is 36 and Pete Davidson is 28. So we like so, that. We love that. That's great. And it's never really mentioned, except in a way that, oh, did you want to talk about that? Talk about what? Sorry. The 1999 issue. Oh, in the consistency. Ugh. You guys scrub your brains, put this back in the consistency. But um, <laughs> we, when we were going through the summary, there was a lot of back and forth. I'd written in my notes as 1989 that he went back to. And that would make sense if Kaylee Coco's character is supposed to be like four. If she's playing her own age, if she's 36 now, she would have been born around 1986, right? So, like... Yeah, so that's fine. Three or four, four, yeah. And also Pete Davidson at some point says she just had a bad 80s mom, which, like, I don't know what that means. We could talk about that <laughs> at length, too. What a funny throwaway comment. Um, that feels like a like a Pete Davidson ad-lib to me. <laughs> but then... Helena wrote it as 1999, and I went back, and June did say, I'm sending you back to 1999, which doesn't make any sense, because Kaylee Coco's character, again, if she's playing her own age, would have been, like, 13, 14. So unless we're led to believe that Kaylee Coco is playing a 26-year-old, it should have been 1989. I, uh, my my theory is that, like, they wrote it for a 26-year-old and then ended up casting Kaylee Cuoco and never changed it, which is just, like, a mm, weird thing to do. Right. But I really did like that they never mentioned that he, there was an age gap. Like, I was like, this is cool. This is nice. Because they'd never mention it if it was the age gap was in the opposite direction, so. Yes, that would be a totally normal age gap in the opposite direction. We, w- we wouldn't even comment on it. No. Yeah, I didn't think that it was that big a deal, and I liked that they didn't, but it was a weird moment, and I was like, why not Why not just make it make sense? I mean, that bolsters your idea that that was an ad-lib by Pete Davidson to say bad 80s mom, because if in the script she was meant to be <laughs> a child in the 90s. Right, yeah. yeah. And I could see Pete Davidson like not fully reading the script. Or just not taking it in, like, the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But also my other issue with that scene was that the child was behaving so weirdly. Like that kid was like, like developmentally fucked up, not just like had a bad 80s mom. Um, mm-hmm. Like the kid was way too old to be like crying in the fashion that it, they were like saying that the kid was crying. Too old to be playing with that particular toy. It was like one of those like, the peg toys where you like push the peg through the hole kind of thing. And like the kid's frustration with that, like if that kid couldn't do that at that age would be like very concerning from like a developmental perspective. So I was like, you should have just make the kid younger or like do a different thing. They were really set on making their like square peg in a round hole narrative fit. But I was like, just she could have childhood trauma and like be crying and not be like be neglected and not have this like weird thing where you're like, ah, something's wrong with this kid. Yeah. Agreed. Back to the romance. Yeah. Okay. Let's go back to the romance. It's hard because they, in a lot of ways in the beginning, were very cute together. Right. I liked, they had good banter. They had chemistry. They seemed into each other. They seemed open to taking care of each other. 
And again, she seemed to be being very honest mm-hmm. about the time travel and eventually making sure he understood it wasn't a joke right. when the time made sense. <sighs> again, eventually, that honesty started to feel manipulative. Mm-hmm. And then also, it seemed like the longer she did this, okay. This is the first case of time travel slash time loop as anti-therapy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. These loops slash travel, and maybe there's something to the voluntary nature of this, but they seem to be making her way worse. Agreed. So she was getting worse. She clearly was like adjusting to this as reality in a way that made her seem to forget that this was abnormal. To the point where, you know, she explodes. And um, I did write down most of her little monologue where she decides basically that she, uh, on their year anniversary, she is no longer happy with their quote unquote relationship. Their very one-sided relationship. She says, we've been doing this for almost a year now and things are starting to feel a little one-sided. You know what I mean? I get it this night. This is just one night to you. But for me, my entire life revolves around this night only. Nothing else. Is it a great night? Yeah. Is it my fault? Yes. My choice? Yes. But God damn it, Gary, even a perfectly cooked steak starts to taste like shit when you eat it all day, every day, you know? I just thought, I really thought we were so perfect for each other. But no, I just don't know. I don't know. I'm starting to feel stunted. And it's kind of my fault because I've kept us in this whirlwind of hell over and over this crazy loop. But I gotta be honest with you, it's kind of your fault too. Yeah, a little bit. You are so passive. Everything has to be perfect. You don't want to make a mess. You don't want to ruffle any feathers. It's just like, ugh, you know, there's nowhere but down with you. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a it's a case of like her obviously, because she only knows this man one night, one night of this man's life, like she's mm, falling in love with the idea of this guy rather than the person that's what really like prevents them prevents me from saying like I think these two people should be together well right okay here's the thing to answer the question right does their love stand the test of time it's really yeah it's really hard to know and it's also like the Sheila who meets Gary night one night two even like night seven even the first night we see them right I'm like yeah these two could make it work yeah, totally. You know, they met in a, a weird, whatever. But the two people who walk away at the end to actually go into the future together? Yeah, no. I think oh, no, that. no, no. I agree. And I mean, oh, no, in no, some no, ways, no, no. And it's sort of the point that June makes is like, this also mirrors a relationship in certain ways because like, you know, you are with one person and you are like, kind of doing the same thing over and over again and you're not the same two people that like you met that first night so like you do learn things about each other and sort of like come out of the other side like as different people and maybe two people who shouldn't be together um so in some ways it like pretty perfectly mirrors the relationship but in other ways sometimes you need to let a relationship go right and also it's like if if a relationship ended after a year, where both people were in it for a year, obviously their love did not stand the test of time. But be like, okay, like that was we did a it. We did it. We did a try. Right. It was. It meant something to both of us. Mm-hmm. It, 
altered our lives in some way. The problem is, you know, which is often the problem in time loop situations, is this is very lopsided, right? It's like she... I, I, I It's so hard for me to believe that Gary, after knowing this woman for eight hours, I, I believe that he would want her to not... her to not die. Mm-hmm. I believe he would want her to not jump off this bridge. Mm-hmm. I can't... It's hard for me to believe that he is going to be invested enough after eight hours to want to stick around for this inevitably very long recovery process. Yeah. And I don't think he should feel obligated to like, I hope that they, I hope that they both go there, both have the sense to go their separate ways after this, but I don't know that she will, um, or will want to. Well, she spent now, not only this past year, but like the years of playing catch with uncle Charlie. Like he says Mm -hmm. that he played catch with uncle Charlie on every Sunday for years Right. And she did even more than that. And then she went back and undid all of it. She has spent, I would say, at least, I'm going to say 15 years of her life on this man. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And maybe and maybe she's, like, done. Maybe she's, like, got it out of her system. Like, we can only hope, right? Hope so. And, and I would say that, like, the ending sort of suggests to me that they've both, like, gotten it out of their system and decided to be maybe friends or not in each other's lives uh, unclear because at the end, it's not like they kiss. It's not like there's like this big romantic He kisses ending. her forehead. Yeah, but he doesn't, that's not, that's very much not the same vibe as like, we're going to be in love forever. No, I know. I agree. And I hope that I, I agree. I was a little jolted by the ending. Generally. I was like, I don't a hundred percent understand what's going on right now. Yeah. I felt the same. Also, way. where did this butterfly clip come from? <laughs> Great question. Or not butterfly clip, uh, whatever you Claw call clip. it. Claw clip. Claw clip. Yeah. And why did she choose to do it that way? <laughs> she put it on her head in like a, the craziest top knot situation I've ever seen. And it was unclear why or when. Yeah. So, I mean, and we love finite love. If that's what this is. I don't know if I got that same feeling from this, <laughs> to be honest. I just kind of wanted them to get away from each other by the end, to be to be totally honest. Yeah. And again, it's sort of a shame. I, I mean, I think the movie did what it did on purpose, I guess. It is sort of a shame because it, it's billing itself as a romantic comedy. And it's not, which is fine, obviously. Like, things should be able to break uh conventions of their tropes Mm -hmm. but yeah i think it would have been more satisfying if we had some sort of conclusion where one of them is like great we made it because also his stuff about the future it's big like we in the future and it's like again i think he's just trying to like keep her on the ground but I also could see a world where she interprets that as we're going to be together forever. Right. Where yeah. he wants to be with me. And unfortunately, they both still have access to this time machine. I know. It's a shame the time machine did not break. And that bridge. like, Yeah, I'm not totally convinced that this is the end of either of their interactions with time machine, with the time machine in general. I'm worried about them, mainly her. I, you know, there was there's a lot of cute, funny bits in here 
about this mirroring relationships. I did like when she was yelling about it being their anniversary. There's there's interesting stuff there. Yeah. My issue with this because we've seen a lot of time loop romances that we are end up voting yes on, right? I think the voluntarily the voluntariness of the time loop comes into play here too, right? It's like she is choosing for their relationship to be so uneven. Yeah, totally. And to have all the control. For sure. And we have the same issue in we've had you know, we have the same issue in like Time Freak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and ultimately it makes it so that we can't fully root for it. No. We can't fully root for the couple. Which I think is fine. I don't think this movie wants you to necessarily root for this couple all the way. Yeah. In this movie, I both don't root for them because I don't think she has treated him well. Like, this relationship isn't fair to him. And also because I think this relationship is bad for her mental health. Agreed. Both things can be true. Yeah. Okay. All right. Do you have anything else to say about their love? I do not. Ladies, Ladies, did we just did we just time, time travel, travel back, back to the nineteen fifties? Um, I guess maybe let's keep on this mental health train, the suicide train. How did you feel about the way this movie depicted suicide and mental illness? Um, I mean, I thought it was interesting. I thought that they were going for something i'm not sure if it was like the most nuanced depiction of suicidal ideation or mental illness in general but i think that it was at least engaging with it in a way that i thought was interesting and like brought up questions for me and and like you said like visually like watching her decline and also like kill a different version of herself that had that had layers well what did you think yeah i mean i think the the violence against the self stuff was very interesting um and i wish i don't know i wish maybe that had led somewhere i did not love and i know it's a little more nuanced than this but i did not love that the image we're left with at the end is that a good man can Fix your suicidalness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's not great. I did like, I liked the fact that he like the way that he like got her off of the bridge in a way, just like the trust of like I I trust that you're going to follow me kind of thing. I thought that was very beautiful. It's beautiful, but it's also hard because it's such unearned trust. She he has known her. For at most, like, eight hours. But he has a residual feeling. Sure. I guess he also saw her at four years old, so. Yeah. I don't know. Logic, logically, also logically, like, a bad idea to, like, turn your back on a person who keeps saying that. Yeah, but but she also made a good point where she's like, look, eventually you're going to need to pee or eat or something, and I'm still going to be here. The bridge is still going to be here, like. You can't, you can't physically hold someone down. Although you can actually, you can physically like, I guess. Oh yeah, there are. Yeah. But also like, that's not great either. And uh, a psych hold or. Involuntary commitment. Yes, involuntarily committing someone. Uh, Problematic also. 
Obviously, yeah. Especially a woman. But I don't know. It, uh, I, sure, I think as somebody who was not like I'm a trained mental health professional, he did he did great with this emergency situation he was thrust into against his will. <laughs> Gary seems like a very nice man. Yeah. Gary seems like, you know, he's trying his best. Yeah. I, and I really hope they, like, get away from each other is my main wish for them, is to no longer be around each other. Maybe this movie could have used, like, ten more minutes. We didn't need to end on, like, I don't know. I feel like they're trying to end with, like, this hopeful sunrise. I li- I liked ending on a hopeful note, for sure. I guess. Maybe I'm being too nitpicky. I'm just... I was enjoying the ride, and then at the end, I was very, I was left feeling like confused and a little like rushed. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think the ending was rushed and sort of to the point about mental health probably didn't, didn't fully decide where it was going. Yeah. The movie ended, I think it was technically 90 minutes, but like it ended at like, less than that it was like maybe 80 minutes mm-hmm. they could have used another te- 10 minutes of nuance around the mental illness very fair yeah and that doesn't like have to be a downer right like a lot of the jokes and stuff that they were making during it like that were funny and fine and all of that it's just like you gotta i just i thought that everything needed like one more step to mm-hmm. that's fair to make it feel I don't know, responsible. I don't know. It just I think I think the problem, the trouble with this movie in this way specifically, but in other ways, it was like a there's a little bit of like a first draftiness mm. to it. You know, like I feel like yeah. I could use maybe one more draft. But I agree with you that like the sort of irreverence around this stuff was like nice to see because that sort of like to me mirrors more people's experience with mental illness like rather than yeah. it being are you brushing your hair with a dog treat no <laughs> to me uh <laughs> i'm trying to go back so, I, so you can potentially cut that out to me it um the irreverence around it mirrors more of like my experiences with my own mental health struggles and other people in my life where it's like you know, it's a day-to-day thing and you do make jokes about it. It's a thing that, like, you are allowed to talk about and because it's your experience. Yeah. Yeah. I also wonder if maybe maybe more backstory would have helped. We just sort of get vague. It was the worst day of her life. Bad things have happened. Yeah, that's true. We never really know why that day was the worst day of her life. Which, again, if if things had been, like, fleshed out in other ways, maybe would have been fine, right? Because it's, like, that's also the way, like, mental illness and suicidal ideation can work, right? It doesn't have to be, like, one thing or a particularly bad time or it could just be a feeling, you know? But yeah, it needed to be fleshed. I was just left wanting at the end. So I'm trying to figure out ways that maybe it could have been flushed out even if maybe they had just talked she had talked about what it felt like to kill herself every day uh, older versions of herself yeah that would have been that would have been good we never really found out what that experience was like except for like seeing her do it and seeing her face after i don't know he could have been like look you can always come back in time and kill this version of yourself but you haven't so like what's what's that say clearly the future's okay 
I mean, it, it could also say that you died right here and you can't go back anymore. <laughs> I, mean, I guess. I also thought that when he started walking away, I thought maybe he was going back to the time machine to, like, go back to, like, earlier and then he was going to catch her. I, I don't know. I, I really didn't understand what was happening. And I'm pretty intelligent and watch a lot of movies. So... <laughs> Fair enough. Can we move on to a different mm-hmm, topic? Is mm-hmm, that okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. If we can talk about the June character, which was... I don't know. I went back and forth on this character. Um, she's an Asian woman who works in a nail salon, which obviously is a stereotype. So that's not super great she was also an interesting character and once we did learn about her she like had some interesting things about her but by the same token she was definitely like one of the few people of color in the movie and with a name and to be very fair one of the few people in the movie right like yeah i mean there's true there's like four characters there's four characters. characters yeah if we if we count the the worker the waiter at the Indian restaurant that she talks to. I guess there's four characters. Four characters. Okay, fair enough. But she was like, you know, this like sort of like wise person yeah. who was also a per- the, one of the few people of color. And it was just sort of like, uh, this is like a little questionable, I think. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I agreed. I like that she called out that Kaylee Coco's character should ask about her. She wasn't just there to like facilitate Kelly mm-hmm. Coco's journey, but that doesn't mean that that doesn't sort of make up for the fact that she was sort of just there to facilitate Kelly Coco's journey. Right. Even even when she did ask about her, like her story was also in service of facilitating Kelly Coco's journey. So like right. it doesn't really quite get there. And she had a very funny line about being queer, so that was cool. Watch the movie and find out <laughs> what that was. Happy for that actress that she booked. She was very good. I really enjoyed watching her. But, you know, it was like, we could have done better by this person. Yeah. Uh, Another person we could have done better by was Amber. (laughs) Who we never actually meet. There was a lot of bad-mouthing the ex-girlfriend, which we always hate. Right. Well, and particularly, like, it felt like, and again, this is a nitpicky thing, because, you know, it, it is progress that I'm able to nitpick and not just, like, a general grossness mm-hmm. about women, but it was bad mouthing in, in a particularly gendered way. Like they talked yeah. about how she was passive aggressive. He they expected him to read her mind. These are all just like pretty stereotypical criticisms of ladies. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, we never really find out more about her. Right. I'm sure her version of events would have been different. I have a feeling she did not expect him to read her mind. I have a feeling she was maybe... Telling him what she wanted yeah. and he was not listening. Yes. Would be my guess, but, you know, I don't know Amber. <laughs> we don't know Amber. Although it is suggested that Kaylee Cuoco killed her at some point. And then she went back and made sure that she didn't, but... Yeah, so she talks about how she, like, erased people. And those are... I was like, does that mean she killed them? I hope that just means she, like averted them from Gary's path in some way. Yeah, but based on who she is and how she is, I kind of think she killed them. I guess, but, I mean, murderer of anyone besides herself is, it's a big leap. 
Oh. Because they would be dead forever, right? When she kills her old self, she's not actually... I mean, again, violence against self, she wants to kill herself anyway, but, like, she is also not actually killing herself because she is there. Yeah. No, she killed course. Amber. Amber's dead. I, 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 yeah. would, I would hope, I hope for my, my sweet, sweet Sheila that she just, like, runs into Amber and... Prevents them from meeting Prevents or them from meeting or gets her a job in a different city. Uh, seems like she would do the most expeditious thing, which would be killing her. I don't know. She played catch with young Gary for, like, years. She said she's uh, methodical, so... Okay, fair enough, fair enough. I guess we'll never know. <laughs> no, we'll never know. The, the vagueness is kind of nice. It's nice to think that, ooh, maybe she did kill her. It is also, it's also interesting to me that um, Gary does not press on that. She says to <laughs> Well, Gary, he doesn't know who Amber people. is at that point. He right, but no she idea. says, she erased, she's like, I erased this teacher, your bullet, whatever. And he's not like, what oh. does that mean? Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. <laughs> And again, I guess, yeah, it's easy not to care about people you have never met, but... Okay. okay. Moving on. Is, Is it, it the best, best of times or the worst, worst of times? times? Here's where we talk about if you should watch it, in what context, we give any sort of final thoughts and uh, rate it on our doomsday clock on a scale from noon to midnight. Noon being notoriously, it's so bad, you should gouge your own eyes out before you watch this. Midnight being, it's so good, it's like a party in your eyeballs. You should watch this right now. It's so good. That's it. That's our scale. That's it. That's the scale. Helena. No, you go first. It's hard. I know, I know. That's why I want you to first, because this one's really hard. Because I was having, I was honestly having a great time until the end. Both these leads are very charming. It's funny. They're quipping. There's jokes. I'm laughing. It's moving. I'm like, oh, I know that place in New York. There's a lot to like. There's a lot to like. It's easy watching. They're, they're discussing a lot of time travel stuff. They're using time travel as a metaphor. You're like, oh, she's committing violence against herself and she's having suicidal ideations. That's so interesting. There's a lot, a lot there, but then, like I said, the ending, it just, I was just like, wait, what just happened? And yeah, what, do, what am I supposed to take from that? I hate to say this, but like our conversation has made me like it a little bit less mm-hmm. <laughs> because I feel like we've been like, usually when we pick something apart, it's like, I, sometimes it like makes me have more of an appreciation for it, but now I'm like, I felt like the time travel was better than it was mm-hmm. until we talked about it. And I was like, oh, no, none of this, like, holds up at all. So points off for that in my in my mind. Yeah, I mean, I think it holds, again, A for effort. They're trying a lot more than a lot of other ones try when it comes to, like, older self, parallel lives, all that stuff. And that's not really what I'm knocking it for because, again, I appreciate, I appreciate the effort, right? I appreciate, I appreciate them trying to do something. And again, using it sort of as this metaphor and like anti-therapy. It's interesting. They're trying to do something different. I, I appreciate that. But again, the ending, again, felt, I was confused. It felt rushed. And I was like, again, I, and then I was like, what do I take from this? What am I supposed to take from this now with this ending of Pete Davidson saving her and then walking off into the dawn? Like, I don't know. 
Because, like, as I was watching it, I was like, ooh, this might be up there. This might be, like, an 11. And then, again, the the ending... And, yeah, this conversation didn't help. But, like, it was mainly the, the ending for me. And, again, I don't, I don't know what would have fixed it. I don't know what they wanted me to take from this movie. And they obviously wanted me to take something, right? Because if they just... If it was just, like, a sweet little nothing... Not nothing. But if it was just, like, a sweet little typical rom-com... It would have had a lot less suicide, and uh, it certainly would have, yeah, <laughs> and a lot less like of her sort of slowly losing her mind more and more in a way that was very interesting, and then went nowhere. Uh, very frustrating. Uh, the first like three quarters, I was really into. I still think people should watch it. I think it's an it's a, a fun slash interesting time. But I don't know what was up with the last bit of it or where they wanted me to go. I guess I'm going to say 8 p.m., but I could be talked higher or lower. I was going to go 9 o'clock. Okay. 9 o'clock, bordering on 9.30 for me. Like, I did have a pretty good time with this movie. The ending was confusing and a bit blah, but I wasn't, like... I wasn't, like, mad about it. It, like, just left me on a note of, like, huh, I guess I need to think about this more. And now that you've, like, you've sort of talked me through it a little more, I'm like, maybe I didn't need to think about this more. Maybe they needed to think about this more. (laughs) So, yeah, I'll go with 9 o'clock, because I think you should watch it, you the listeners, uh, and let us know what you think. And if you go have a nice time with Kaylee Cuoco and B. Davidson and New York City, who is... The third character. That's that's very true. I'm so sorry I said there was only four characters. There are five. Yeah, there are five. New York City is the fifth character. As she always says. All right. With that. <laughs> With that. We'll, we'll be, be back, back in, in no, no time at all. all. Like, we don't want to lose this Yeah, I mean, it isn't, it isn't, because I don't need everyone to know our business, but... They would love to know our business. What if we... Do you want to have, like, a... Like, a big blow-up? Like, um... Like, um, the Try Guys? Have you been following that? No. There's all this drama with, like, these BuzzFeed guys. What's happening with the Try Guys? I... It's, like, one of them cheated on his wife, and he was, like, the wife guy of the group. Like, that was his identity in the group, Mm. so people were, like, freaking out about it. Which, like, whatever. Also, like, if you care about the Try Guys in the year of our Lord 2022, I'm kind of like, what's happening with you? Like, are you okay?